time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of health care each and every day. That's the fact, yeah. Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, it's now a Wi-Fi home fitness game launched by Nintendo this week in Japan, selling for $75 a pressure-sensing mat called the Balance Board. It's all about getting people moving. And, of course, exercise is good medicine. Well, he is a physician uh, who has been on the front lines of medical care, who has penned uh, an eye-opening book, because I think we can all acknowledge we spend a lot of money, perhaps ill-spent, under the guise of rendering health care. The book is entitled American Medicine Mismanaged Care. The author and physician joining us today to talk about how he believes we can improve quality, cover the uninsured, add pharmacy, and have billions left over. Dr. Carter Maltz joins us today to talk about American medicine mismanaged care right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Well, it's a new study out in the current uh, American Journal of Epidemiology that suggests that lifestyle does make a difference. It seems to mirror of previous studies of what we found in the Second World War. This study uh, took a look, and this was out of John Hopkins University School of Public Health, at the economic crisis in Cuba. Uh, that's what happened between the years 1989 and 2000, and uh, why the average Cuban's uh, calorie count because of the economic crisis went down dramatically. Their physical activity Climbed because they didn't have the money to pay for public transportation, so they walked and bicycled a lot more. So they found that the prevalence of obesity fell to just 7%. Put that in perspective, we have 67% in terms of overweight and about 32% in terms of obesity. In the Cuban population, it was diminished to uh, the prevalence of obesity to no more than 7% of the entire population. What did they find? The most common causes of chronic diseases and some of the top killers in this country, heart disease, stroke, and diabetes, dropped substantially. We have found the same uh, in the Second World War scenario in Europe, that when we eat less calories, and of course we would like to... uh, think that the calories we do consume are nutrient-dense and get more active, it does make a difference. Now, they found the all-cause death rate actually uh, uh, inched up, and there was a an epidemic of degenerative nerve damage caused by widespread nutritional deficiency. So you have to cut calories wisely to make sure that um, the calories remaining are nutrient-dense. But it's a real treatise to the fact that we are only as good as our lifestyle. And in in this country, our lifestyle has changed dramatically in the last five decades, and it is in large part uh, now linked to those skyrocketing rates of overweight, 
obesity, diabetes, heart disease, uh, to some extent, and of course we know obesity is a risk factor for, for cancer as well. With a very interesting analysis of what happened in Cuba, widespread weight loss may reap a lot of health benefits. Well, speaking of diet and talking about the power of our plate, Fred Hutchison Cancer Research Center um, led a, a study, an eight-year study, of women and published this in the journal of the National Cancer Institute. They tracked 49,000 postmenopausal women for eight years, asking half of them to cut in half the amount of fat in their diet. Now, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of information about the quality of fat, and of course we know the quality of fat does make a difference, that there are fats that are more healthy for us, the essential fatty acids, the omega-3, 6, and 9 uh, fatty acids that give rise to compounds like EPA, acosoceptopeninoic acid, and DHA, docosohexanoic acid. There are other fats that are not ideal for us. These include the hydrogenated, the trans fatty acids. But what they found and published overall is that reducing uh, fat in the diet reduces the risk of ovarian cancer and with obesity a major risk factor for cancer in this country. It's um, certainly wise that all of us, given the incidence, remember one in two men, one in three women will deal with cancer in their lifetime. What is the source in the amount of uh, fat in your diet? It may make a difference in terms of your cancer risk. Well, there has been widespread scrutiny of late of the medical device manufacturers and some of their marketing ploys when it comes to medical devices um, like in the implantable defibrillators, the, uh, the joint replacement. And now the Food and Drug Administration has sent a warning letter to Medtronic indicating that their um, uh, satellite spinal system it's a series of spheres that are inserted between the vertebrae to stabilize the spine indicates that they have misled spinal surgeons about this medical device. And um, in the last couple of years, of course, we took a look at defective medical devices uh, that were reported to the Food and Drug Administration, but because uh, they viewed it as trade secrets, the company knew there were defective medical devices out there. The Food and Drug Administration did, but the doctors and the patients were none the wiser. So as it is with any remedy, any prescription, over-the-counter or natural remedy, as well as a medical device, knowing the questions to ask, and in this case, having an objective viewpoint of what some of these medical devices do on the basis of how they market them to physician, very important information for all of us to, to become better educated healthcare consumers. Well, it's a study out of Great Britain published in the journal Preventive Medicine indicating that, in, at least in Great Britain, that government guidelines have misled many Brits to wrongly believe that moderate exercise is as beneficial as a vigorous workout. And believe you me, we see exactly the same in this country. How many of those recent studies have suggested that simply walking 
couple times a week is as effective as a more intensive exercise campaign. They surveyed nearly 1,200 people for this, uh, this survey, found that 50% of men, 75% of women, thought that moderate exercise, 30 minutes of moderate exercise five days a week, was just as effective as vigorous exercise for averting disease. Now, let's be reasonable because we know that any activity is important and should be a regular part of our daily lives. But light exercise means that you can talk at the same time. Moderate exercise makes you slightly breathless. And vigorous exercise makes you breathe rapidly. And the growing body of evidence to suggest that activity is the single most important predictive factor of who will be independent in their later lives brings to mind that how many of us pursue a vigorous exercise program on a regular basis because we know uh, even if we get uh, I mean there, there are so many documented medical reasons far beyond just big muscles or a healthy heart to exercise on a regular basis keeping in mind that uh, it does take some regular vigorous activity to uh, to make a difference well, we've talked about it. It's that mind-body connection, the fact that literally our hearts are hardwired in terms of thinking with our hearts. There are more neurons, brain cells uh, there than any other type of cell. There are hormonal receptors. And now the archives of internal medicine, finding the stress and anxiety of hostile, angry relationships actually have a physiological effect. Chances of a heart attack or chest pain rose with, rose by 34% compared to people who had a less hostile, angry relationship with a spouse or partner. That a person's heart condition seems to be, quote, influenced by negative intimate relationships, unquote. And the same is true for men as it is for women, meaning that those personal relationships do make a difference. Uh, and in fact, some studies showing as significant as other physical risk factors for heart disease. But it all comes down to a broken system. Dr. Carter Maltz joining us today to talk about his book, American Medicine, Mismanaged Care, right here on Healthy Talk Radio. The most affordable health insurance on earth. Healthy Talk Radio. An important book uh, brings a noted author and physician to us today. Uh, Many years of experience in private practice managed care, uh, the pharmaceutical industry, the founding president and medical director of a large physician uh, independent practice managed care medical group. The book, an intriguing title, American Medicine, Mismanaged Care. It's all about uh, some very pointed ideas on how we can improve quality, cover the uninsured, add pharmacy, and have billions left over. That brings the physician and author, Dr. Carter Maltz, to us today. Dr. Maltz, hello and welcome. Dr. Maltz, nice to have you join us today. Thank you. 
Well, I don't know many physicians uh, who literally have the time to devote themselves to compile the, the information and, and write such a well-documented book as you have in American Medicine, Mismanaged Care. So obviously this is, uh, this is uh, more of a passion for you. Uh, what drove you to take the time to, uh, to put these ideas together in your book, American Medicine, Mismanaged Care, Dr. Maltz? Well, I I spent uh, about ten years uh, working uh, in addition to my practice, uh, trying to make the system work for a group of doctors. <clears throat> it was a independent practice uh, association of about two hundred and fifty physicians called the Personal Choice Medical Group, and uh, <clears throat> my job was kind of the go-between between the doctors and the insurance companies. And I saw so many ways that it could be done well, easily, simply, far far uh, less expensive. And uh, it just bothered me uh, that we were wasting all of that. And then the realization came that if I looked into the numbers, which I did, there's enough money wasted that if we just made this management more efficient, if we reformed healthcare administration, we'd have plenty of money to insure the uninsured, even add pharmacy. It would improve the quality of care. America has dropped from top of the world to way down the bottom of the list in terms of quality, simply because of this mismanagement. So when you talk about healthcare administration, Dr. Maltz, you know, all of us know the, you know, the puzzling, confusing nature of healthcare claims, and we even read on the front page of the, uh, the New York Times that members of the presidential administration who were involved in, in healthcare find it almost impossible to understand simple uh, explanation of benefits, EOBs. So how did we find ourselves in this administrative dilemma? Well, it's, it's just as difficult for us doctors to understand it. <laughs> and then you make it worse yet. <clears throat> Every insurance company has a different system. And that varies from city to city and hospital to hospital and medical group to medical group. So we have dozens of different plans to keep track of. And what do we do? We hire extra help because we can't do that and still see patients. Where do you think the money comes for that? It comes out of health care. We are wasting money on on this nonsense that's all unnecessary. If we just had, had a uniform system, the doctor's assistant can punch it into the computer or the doctor can, and it would all be done electronically. It would be one system nationwide. It would be more efficient for the insurance companies. It would be more efficient every way around. Uh, the data that we gather now <clears throat> is bits and pieces well, you can't get much information out of that. But if you had an organized, coordinated nationwide system, you'd have m- many thousands of uh, data items going into the computer that could turn around and present back tables and charts about what you were doing and how well it was working. And this would be the the way we would decide how to change things. But we're we're not doing any of that. We're doing yeah. it a little bit here and there, not enough to even count. 
So listening to you, Dr. Maltz, uh, uh, you know, brings to mind quality. And you, and you make the intriguing statement in your book, American Medicine, Mismanaged Care, that managed care is cut-rate care. Help us to, to understand that. Well, <clears throat> it's it's supposed to have been a way to make better quality and supervised doctors and so forth. And so they decided that business people with no training in health care who don't know about taking care of patients and who care really only about dollars, not about patient care, that they could make all the decisions about which doctors were on the system. That's nonsense. With the doctor's license, they should be in the system. If the system finds out somebody's not behaving appropriately, producing poor quality care, uh, they should be educated. They should be excluded at that point for for quality reasons, not simply because they were picked by some business people. Uh, the whole thing is is focused too much on businesses trying to make money and not enough on quality. So, knowing that we're spending a lot of money, uh, but by everybody's estimation, and you already alluded to it, Dr. Maltz, we, we don't get our money's worth how do we inject quality um, in, in a system? You know, I'm reminded of recently. You know, the Wall Street Journal ran a very interesting op-ed piece that talked about, you know, the lack of incentives for quality care, as well as the lack of incentive, uh, disincentives in terms of penalizing poor care. That that our system was all based upon uh, 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 a, a, sh- a shaky structure at best of, of the lack of, of these incentives. Well, they're just not, they're not gathering the data they need to analyze it correctly. And it's fragmented. No two doctors are permitted by the government to talk to each other about, uh, prices. That's antitrust. The insurance companies are allowed to compare prices. Businesses are allowed to compare prices and to, and to form, uh, organizations to to negotiate with insurance companies but the doctors are left out of that at the same time it still leaves piecemeal stuff because no two insurance companies for example can use the same system for gathering uh, data for gathering laboratory data for for measuring quality uh, all of the things that they need to do, uh, antitrust laws are in the way. So our government, our Congress is in the way. Uh, the greed of the insurance industry is in the way. Uh, the uh, role of the uh, insurance industry in buying Congress is in the way. So we've got all of these factors working against quality. And if, if we could get people to start writing their congressional representatives and state representatives and demand that we reform health care management, we could probably get some interest in that, but it's not going to happen unless a lot of people start writing. So the premises of of reforming health care management, we see a lot of press being given, Dr. Maltz, to um, injecting more um, um, internet, more computers into medicine. Is that part of the uh, the potential reform of healthcare management? Well, that's you know the, the internet's valuable in a lot of ways, including a source of information on individual 
doctor basis looking up medical information, uh, but it should also be uh, a way to coordinate all of this data gathering. The doctor ought to be able to sit down at his computer and or his assistant and type in that they uh, had an office visit for a patient with arthritis. And any criteria that the insurance people or government wants to show that it was necessary and that they do what they said they did and so forth should be entered at that time. It can go electronically and be identified uh, electronically as Mm -hmm. being appropriate or not appropriate and either turned back for further information or paid electronically. No human being needs to touch any of that. We want to hear more. Hold that thought. We don't want to miss a minute. Dr. Carter Maltz joins us today. GoodMedicineAmerica.com. His book, American Medicine, Mismanaged Care, right here on Healthy Talk Radio. The information presented on Healthy Talk Radio is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors. But, hey, how much do they know about medicine anyway? I'm Deborah Ray. You're listening to Healthy Talk Radio, where Dr. Carter Maltz joins us today. For those of you who asked me to take a moment to spell uh, M-U-L-T-Z, he's been practicing uh, medicine in uh, San Jose, uh, California, has many decades of experience in private practice and managed care, uh, and is a very thoughtful uh, physician, not only because of his experience um, as the president and medical director of a 250 physician independent practice managed care medical group, um, has has taken the time to, to write a book, put a website together, the website goodmedicineamerica.com. The book of which we're speaking is American Medicine Mismanaged Care, uh, brings him to us today. Um, and, and to talk about you know some of these uh, particularly quality issues, the fact that the greed issues and, and the prices in medicine always seem to get in the way of reform, Dr. Maltz. Where, where do we start with the, with the greed factor, as you call it, in your book? Well, I think the only thing we can do is to make sure that Congress wakes up to it. That's going to take a lot of letters from a lot of people, but there are a lot of us, and we can do it if we take the time simply to write us uh, even a very short letter asking our representatives to uh, reform health care administration. Once that happens, I think Congress will start looking into these things. I think some of them are aware already. I know I've talked to my congressperson and uh, got substantial interest. But it's going to take a lot of us talking about it before they'll move. And, and, and plan of action, because with the, you know, the presidential election under, underway, Dr. Maltz, as, as all of us can see, everybody seems to have, uh, you know, a differing viewpoint in terms of, you know, how we address that dilemma. We want to make sure that we don't want to miss a minute. Uh, we want to make sure that we overcome a, a technical uh, a challenge here to make sure that we, uh, we, uh, uh, hear you clearly. Uh, Dr. Carter Maltz joining us today. He is a physician and, and author. His book is American Medicine, Mismanaged Care. It's all about how we can improve quality. 
we can all, yeah, absolutely vote for that. Cover the uninsured. Yes, I mean, people that even want health insurance find the rates are just amazingly high. Add pharmacy and have billions left over. Again, the website is goodmedicineamerica.com. Um, so to, to outline for our elected officials, you know, what is a viable plan of action? You, you speak of the book, uh, in the book about, uh, um, for example, Mr. Speaker's Newt Gingrich's ideas and saving lives, saving money. You know, he, um, uh, advocates just shaking it all up and looking at it in a different fashion that we're, <laughs> we, we really, uh, you know, waste so much in terms of physicians' time on this unnecessary bureaucracy, Dr. Maltz. Yes, well, it's all very real. And the, the disturbing point is that all of our current candidates on both parties keep coming up with ways to improve health care, but not one of them has talked about reforming administration. They all want to raise taxes to pay for more stuff and keep all the stuff we're doing wrong now unchanged. We have to make that issue come to the top and make them face that problem. So if we can start with Medicare, um, knowing that we're now taking a look at the aging baby boomer demographic, 78 million strong, and, and you know, the dire uh, uh, predictions that, oh my goodness, it's going to, uh, you know, consume along with Social Security the, uh, the federal budget. Uh, address for us, if you would please, Dr. Maltz, some, um, you know, the, the seemingly, uh, just ever confusing administrative bureaucracy of, of, uh, Medicare, particularly from a physician standpoint, because you have some great examples in American medicine mismanaged care about, you know, the burden it puts on physicians to, to render good quality care to the Medicare population in this country. Well, that's, that's right. And the, <clears throat> part of the problem with Medicare is that they farm an awful lot of stuff out to the very insurance companies that are creating most of the problem. Uh, they're just kind of a, an intermediate bureaucracy. They're not doing the job. The job is huge because they have made it so huge. It could be very simple, very efficient now that we've got the capacity to do everything with, with the electronics uh, of the computer age. And if we did that, uh, we would give uh, Medicare or whoever was selected to run it uh, a very uh, efficient system but it could be done better for far less cost uh, and it could be supervised uh, there would be room and opportunity for us the doctors the patients the well population mm-hmm. to respond to government and point out problems there, there needs to be a, a way for we could talk for us to talk to them at this point, there's virtually no good communication system from the people to the government. If you try to talk to them, the best you can do is talk to your own representative. No other representative will listen to you. None of the candidates for office will respond to anybody uh, other than their own campaign uh, support group so that the only way we have of making changes is to demand one by one uh, that our 
congressional reps and our state reps uh, take this seriously and do something about it. Once they start doing that, then we can start pushing more for what to do about it. But we've got to get them aware of the problem. We spoke of, uh, I mean, just simple steps in terms of, you know, taking the people factor out of insurance claims because it boggles everybody's mind. Us as healthcare consumers, certainly the healthcare practitioners, the hoops you have to go through to get a claim paid these days, Dr. Maltz. Oh, yes. And, and the reason for that really is, is, is sad. Uh, a large part of this is that the more they hassle you, the more trouble they create, the longer it takes to get the claim adjudicated, the longer they keep your money and they make interest on that money. So that there's a greedy reason for the insurance companies to do it. And it's the insurance companies that are doing this, not the government, not the Medicare office, the Medicare farms it all out. Now, the fact that, you know, even though it's less, many of us still have employer-paid health insurance are still of that mindset, Dr. Maltz, you know, bill my insurance company. Do we need to take a look at reforming, uh, you know, that part of the system to, to, you know, bring a closer tie between exactly what medicine costs um, so that we don't have this disconnect in the system as, uh, as we do in all too many cases these days? Well, you're absolutely right, and the, the situation there really <clears throat> is that we need to to approach the cost of health care with a, a, an annual budget established by Congress. For example, last year we spent $1.9 trillion with a T on health care. If we, and we, we wasted a huge amount of that, on inefficient administration. Our administrative costs are roughly a third. Well, if we streamline that, cut that down to 15%, 15% is what Canada does. Canada spends 15% of their health care dollars on administration. And they do it just as badly as we do. We could do better than that. If we did that, there's enough money there to pay for pharmacy, to cover every citizen, every American. In addition to that, if we could possibly uh, manage to get uh, a, a national budget established and have uh, actuaries set up a table electronically on the computer that would reflect how well we were staying in budget. Well, this is not difficult to do. If you ever go to uh, Tahoe or Reno or any of the East Coast uh, casinos, uh, <clears throat> or I haven't been to one, but probably even the casinos on the Indian reservations, they have computerized systems that tell you uh, how much this particular slot machine is uh Taking in what the what the payout would be, right. and it changes second by second, and it's, it's constantly going. You can do this; it's not difficult for people to do. So we had a if we had a budget that established what we were going to spend, right. put it on on the computer, and then if we were heading above budget, simply the prices paid would de- automatically decrease proportionately, and they would decrease across the board 
right now Congress takes it piecemeal by piecemeal. So we're going to pay surgeons this much. We're going to pay interns that much. Uh, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it should all be done automatically and and objectively and simply. You could do this so well, very quickly, very simply, and it would force everybody to stay in line. And if if a group of doctors, let's say uh, doctors, looked at the payout and said we're losing. They're reducing what their pay is. Why? Who's overcharging? And they can get the data out of the system, and they can approach those that are overcharging or doing too much, things of this sort, and educate them about better practices. The whole thing would flow if we just had the nationwide electronic system set up for managing it. Certainly makes sense. Certainly makes sense. Um, knowing, Dr. Maltz, um, uh, that if we take a look at, you know, where the American population is now in terms of, of status of, of health, um, you know, certainly there's a correlation to, to our healthcare system, but we also find, you know, amazing information. Um, uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association a year ago, May, talked about 78% of our healthcare dollars now going to chronic Conditions, and I welcome your insight because it appears to, to at least us as healthcare uh, consumers out there, that there's little incentive for anybody to be on the front line, to be in family practice, to be in primary care. Given this, this whole confusing, I mean, we haven't even gotten into the, the litigation pressures that that average practitioner, you know, finds themselves under these days. Yeah, I didn't quite follow your question. I'm sorry. The question was, um, you know, uh, where do we, uh, you know, look to reform this system that makes it all too difficult for primary care practitioners, for family care practitioners who are so important in terms of really getting on top of chronic diseases to really educate and work with people about lifestyle. But, you know, that, that average primary care practitioner you know, given all that you write about in your book, uh, American Medicine, Mismanaged Care, you know, why would they put up with that? Well, I think, you know, absolutely right about the value of the primary care physicians and the importance of, of healthy living and so forth. But these would be the products of this kind of data feedback. People would see where they were doing well. They would see if, if they had areas to improve. If you plot things out on a graph, and show doctors what the group, let's say all the primary care doctors, all the family practitioners, what did they do in a particular situation? And where do you stand? Are you in the middle of the group? Are you way out at one of the fringes? If you do that and a doctor sees himself out of line, out on the fringes, they automatically move into the center. They correct it. Doctors are well-motivated. And if they see that they're not where they ought to be, it doesn't take any pushing to get them to move. The one that doesn't move is going to need oversight. And this is easily done, too, because the system's already in place for positions that are identified as having a a deficiency one way or another to be called in, educated, and, and if necessary, excluded from practice. Uh, that would not be difficult to do. And, and also all of the medical records could be <coughs> uh, reviewed uh, automatically, electronically in some cases, uh, on a uh, human basis on right. some cases, spot checked. And 
then again, if anybody was identified as having a, a problem-type practice, uh, they could be looked at closely by other physicians. So there's every way here to improve quality, but also it simplifies everything for the primary care doctor because they can spend their time seeing patients and they spend far less time, effort, and money in in doing the insurance nonsense. Absolutely, absolutely. And you bring up a great point, and we return. I'd like to delve into a little more detail, and that is there are so many good doctors out there, and perhaps uh, you know a small handful of, of physicians um, that that aren't uh, good practitioners. But that current system of 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 litigation of mal, of medical malpractice makes it difficult for good practitioners to practice. So. How do we reform that? The the author of American Medicine Mismanaged Care, great website, www.goodmedicineamerica.com. Dr. Carter Maltz joins us today. We're talking about how we can improve quality, cover the uninsured, what each and every one of us can do, right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Answers to questions you can't solve with a pill. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Dr. Carter Maltz, M-U-L-T-Z, joining us today. He is a physician of many decades of standing, much expertise in terms of uh, uh, actually serving as the president medical director of a 250-physician independent practice managed care medical group, penning an important book because we all find ourselves in that dilemma of we spend more money than any other country on the planet and by everybody's estimation, don't get our money's worth. The book is entitled American Medicine, Mismanaged Care. And uh, Dr. Maltz also has a website, uh, www.goodmedicineamerica.com. Deal with the issue of which we've heard uh, uh, from any number of news sources as well as uh, physicians. You know, I know great physicians who finally said, I can't deal with this malpractice. I'm moving to, to another state. Malpractice, litigation, Dr. Maltz. Address that if you would, please. Well, I think the, the system is expanding state to state and more and more so that there's no escaping it. If you want to practice, a lot of doctors have simply given up private practice and gone to work for large clinics and the large clinics uh, cater more to the HMOs uh, cut corners sometimes uh, too often restrict services, too often use uh, nurse practitioners or physician's assistants instead of having the patient see a physician and there is a difference there so that uh, I think that that it promotes a lower quality of care, but this is this has been the the way uh, substantial majority of private physicians mm-hmm. have gone simply because they could not manage sure. on their own. Many many doctors uh, went under financially uh, because of the increased demands uh, on office personnel which therefore increased their cost tremendously and increased demands on their time, which decreased their productivity. Uh, They simply couldn't make ends meet, so they went out of practice and became an employee of one of these large clinics. So if all of us were to contact our elected officials today, what can each and every one of us say or write them to make a difference, Dr. Maltz? 
sorry, I did not catch the question. If each and every one of us were to contact our elected officials today, what can we say or write to them to make a difference? I would say simply that uh, we are wasting nearly a third of $2 trillion on inefficient administration. We should do far better and use the savings to uh, cover the uninsured uh, and demand reforming uh, health care administration. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Please join us again. Great information. Good book. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dr. Carter Maltz joining us today. American Medicine Mismanaged Care. I'm Deborah Ray reminding you to live long, stay healthy.